Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to this week's Visitor's Edition of the Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Thankfully, my voice has not left me yet, so I think we'll make it through today's show and a visit with Jason Strayhorn. Jason is a former All-Big Ten center who played for Nick Saban during his time in East Lansing. Right now, he teams with George Blaha in the booth, providing color analysis on the Spartan Sports Network. Before Jason joins us, as always, my view from Section 17 to get us rolling. Are you nervous about Saturday night's game? From reading my emails this week and a variety of Michigan football message boards, it doesn't appear too many fans are worried. I worry every week. It doesn't matter who we play. But when it's a rival, I worry more. I've watched all four of Michigan State's games this year. It's almost like watching us play in many ways. The defense rules the day and sets the tempo. Their offense wants to do exactly what we want to do, which is pound the running game and sprinkle in the pass. Like us, they have a very young offensive line that has led to the offense being inconsistent. Turnovers have also plagued them. Now, Brian Lewerke is a different kind of a Spartan quarterback than we've seen recently. He's got a nice arm, pretty good pocket presence, but he can tuck it and run very effectively. He happens to be the leading rusher on the team, which is good and bad. L.J. Scott should be the guy on top of the leaderboard when it comes to yardage, but he has had ball security issues, and the offensive line play hasn't helped him yet either. The defense has been surprisingly stout. We know how good our defense is, ranked number one in just about every statistical category there is right now. Michigan State's defense is statistically not far behind us. That leads me to believe we're in for a dogfight on Saturday night. Two good defenses and two sputtering offenses. One of these teams will have to step up on Saturday night. It's a rivalry game, and that usually brings out the best in both teams. The Spartans are the underdogs, and Coach D'Antonio and his guys seem to really relish that role. So get ready. I think we're in for a nail-whiter in the big house on Saturday. I hope I'm wrong. I hope John O'Corn and the offense just light Sparty up. But until I see that happen, I have to think this game could go down to a last possession. My guest today has experienced this rivalry as a player at Michigan State and for many years as the game day analyst on the Spartan Sports Network. 
He knows this is the game for Michigan State. Jason Strayhorn joins us next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Joining us on our visitors segment this week is former All-Big Ten Center and currently an analyst on the Spartan Sports Network up there in the booth with George Blaha on Saturdays, Jason Strayhorn. Jason, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Well, as we know, it is a huge week. It is every year, a little bit bigger this uh, week, just because it's a Saturday night. And we'll talk about that a bit later. But let's spend a few minutes, Jason, if we could, at the top, talking about this young Spartan team uh, that we're going to be seeing Saturday. We know they're three and one. I've had a chance to see all four of their games and was very impressed on Saturday. That was a big win against Iowa in a very physical game, wasn't it? It absolutely was. You know, it really uh, uh, impressed a lot of people that uh, have been watching this program closely. Because we looked at the three-game stretch of the Notre Dame-Iowa-Michigan games collectively as kind of a benchmark to see what type of team this was going to be, what kind of season Michigan State was going to have. Obviously, a year ago, having a talented team uh, coming off of a playoff berth, uh, just very much so uh, a disappointing season and, and underperforming um, to the max. Never seen a team go from you know, 10, 11, win, double-digit wins down to three wins in, in one season. And you know, obviously, the off-season issues have been well-documented. Michigan State has been able to rally and bring a core group of leaders and a lot of young players together with a lot of chemistry, hard work, and togetherness into a team that is playing very good defense right now and coming along offensively. I think that as time progresses, obviously offense will improve with timing and everybody continuing to be on the same page, so to speak. Uh, But this team has definitely turned a lot of heads in East Lansing and we're looking for much more improvement. And obviously, the game this Saturday is the big one that everybody circled on their calendars for over a year. Well, both Michigan and Michigan State are struggling for that consistency on offense, or as fans have been saying, for an identity. A lot of that has to do, Jason, with the young offensive line for the Spartans, doesn't it? There, there's, uh, And there's some injuries there, but it takes time for that to come together, as you know. It does. It does. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you see three true freshmen having a significant amount of playing time, uh, you, you know, you know that it's different. Uh, you, in the Big Ten, you don't see true freshmen playing a lot of offensive line uh, unless they're just physical, just freaks. And going back to the days with guys like Corey Stringer and Orlando Pace out of Ohio State, just it comes to my mind. But at Michigan State, you just haven't seen many true freshmen or in many other schools, for that matter, that have been able to play and contribute on that offensive line. It just takes time, cohesiveness. You have to get a little older and seasoned uh, in that position. But 
Michigan State finds itself with three guys playing heavily right now. They're they're talented guys, but it takes time for those guys to get on the same page uh, because it's a lot of coordination. I call it sometimes it's like a uh, ballerina bears on on ice skates. You know they got they have to be in in lockstep together. It's really really difficult sometimes uh, for those guys. But over time, I think as they continue and with the rotation that Mark Staten does with the offensive line. He plays seven to up to eight offensive linemen during the course of a game on purpose. I think those guys will continue to pay. That will pay dividends in the future for Mississippi State offensive line. Well, for the uh, Spartan offense, Brian Lewerke uh, at quarterback, a very talented young guy, very nice arm, good mobility. He tucks it and runs. Uh, he he can hurt you in a lot of ways, can't he? He can. He, you know, he's a guy who really prides himself on running the ball. Um, you know, it makes a lot of coaches and older guys like myself nervous when you see your quarterback taking off down the field because you know there's there's linebackers, there's guys that are watching field right now, keying on him, uh, especially Bush from Michigan. He can really lay some blows. So you you like that he has the speed, he has that tenacious attitude, but he also has to be aware that hey, you know, a year ago, similar situation against Michigan, he had his leg broken, uh, scrambling for extra yards. Uh, when he's got contact, and I've been at practices where the coaches have preached this to him at nauseam, even when he's on the sideline during kicking game practice. They talk to him about getting down before contact. You don't want to take too many hits as quarterback because, as you know, you got to be able to deliver the ball and control a lot of things emotionally uh, as, a, as a quarterback for the team. So, Brian works. he has to be careful of that going forward. He's the leading rusher on the team, and I'm sure Coach D'Antonio would rather see L.J. Scott up there at the top of the leaderboard for rushing. Uh, but L.J.'s had some ball security issues, but a bigger part has to be that offensive line um, still just not getting it there for him yet or not opening those holes yet. Well, you know, that that's part of it, but it's, it's a lot on L.J., too. Uh, you know, he's got Gerald Holmes, who's, made two or three consecutive starts now as a senior running back, and Madre London uh, contributing a bit. But L.J. Scott is obviously the guy who has the most upside. He's the most versatile running back, but ball security has to be key. And to me, when you watch the film of him in those miscues, it's just at the very end of a run, the, the lack of concentration. Uh, you just got to have all five pressure points on the ball. And, and hold it uh, a week ago when he showed up to meeting for the, the Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. There was a ball in his uh, chair in the film room that said, hold me. Got a little sticky note on it. So he's been carrying that around. The guys have been trying to rip the ball out. Uh, it's probably a little embarrassing for the youngster, but something that's needed because that, as my old coach, Nick Saban and George Perlis used to say, you've got to hold on to the ball like a piece of gold, not a loaf of bread. Well, the Spartan defense, talk about that for uh, for just a minute, Jason. Coming off a really an outstanding performance against Iowa, they held the Hawkeyes to 19 rushing yards on 25 attempts, and they were very physical uh, the entirety of the game. Talk about this defense and some of the key players who have been really coming along for them. Uh, right now, Michigan State ranks 16th in the nation in run defense, 96 yards per game total, and uh, fifth in the country in total defense at 248 yards a game. And a lot of that, you know, I would say Joe Pachi is the big the big name in the middle. It's a middle linebacker. He's a true sophomore. Only played about three or four games a year ago. 
uh, when he was forced into action due to some, um, it was a suspension of Riley Bulla in a game uh, at Maryland. Uh, so you know, this is a very talented guy. He's fast. He's got four or five speed. Uh, they tell me he's bench pressing in the 450 pound range and has, and he's very explosive, uh, high 30s in the vertical. And you can see it on the field. I mean, the way he plays is just very fluid. He moves effortlessly, and he can put the big hits on guys when needed. And that helped, that's helped by the big boys in the middle, Raekwon Williams and Mike Honashute, and also the uh, the backup guys, Naquan Jones and Gerald Owens. Those guys have really been able to eat up blocks. They're space eaters, big, strong defensive tackles in the middle that have been able to keep the offensive linemen off of the linebackers, getting them not able to, the linemen are not able to get to the second level, which allows those linebackers to flow fluently. And uh, that, that's been the, the big key, I believe, for Michigan State right there, that triangle of defensive tackles to the linebacker in the middle in Chobashi. With us here in our visitors segment this week as we get ready for that big national coast-to-coast game on ABC TV, former All-Big Ten Center and analyst on the Spartan Sports Network, Jason Strayhorn. Uh, Jason, let's shift gears if we couldn't talk about this Saturday. And let's start with that old cliche we hear every year when this game rolls around. You throw out the records. Anything can happen. You played in this game. Talk about why that is true and how much this game means to the Spartans, not only this year, but every year. So this is a game that you know means the world to, to people in East Lansing uh, because you know there's so much talk, bantering throughout the course of a year between the fan bases, obviously, and it's it's bragging rights, obviously, for the for the year. It helps in recruiting for both schools, and it, it just cements what you work hard for on a daily basis um, as a football player at Michigan State. And, you know, this is, this is a big one. Uh, you know, obviously you can go back to the first game that Mark D'Antonio coached with, you know, the, uh, Mike Hart, the whole little brother comment, and then that kind of ignited the, the, uh, the streak. And, you know, but there's been some great contests before that. There's been a lot of great contests after that. Going into two years ago, obviously the, the last 10 seconds, you know, and you think that the game is lost and somehow it gets brought back. Uh, into the clutch of victory for Michigan State and, and the agony of defeat for Mich- Michigan. And it's been the, the other way. I remember some great contests going back to uh, Braylon Edwards' days, 2004, I believe it was, where Michigan State had a almost a three-score lead, and he comes back and just has three touchdowns on Michigan State late in the ball game in the big house. So there's been there's been a lot of we can go on and on about the, the rivalry, but. This Saturday, first night game in its history, I think will be none short of electric and exciting for everybody involved, the fan bases. I know there's people who are worried about what's going to happen uh, during the, the, the pre-game festivities, but I, I, I assume that it's, you know, I, I suspect that it will be okay. Um, there's a lot of tough rivalries that happen at night around the country, and it's not, um, you know, you don't have to call in through the national card, I think the guys will um, settle down, uh, the fans, but they'll be ready to go at 7.30 p.m., both sides of the ball. I'm just ready for an exciting football game, hard-hitting, smash-mouth, Big Ten, Eastern Conference showdown, the first of its sort for Michigan State 
and it's the biggest one of the year for the Spartans. Well, I think we're going to get that, too. I thought it was interesting after uh, Jim Harbaugh's presser on Monday, some of the players were uh, made available to talk to the media and tackle Mason Cole. He's a senior now. He said in his experience, the Michigan State game is the most physical game that Michigan plays, and I'm sure they didn't like hearing that in Columbus, but you hear players uh, through the ages say that very same thing, Jason. That's true. I mean, just it's just that way. And you know, Michigan State has been known as one of those physical teams. Um, as are Iowa, you know, they're just gonna, you know, bloody your nose and drag you in the mud, so to speak. But Michigan State, you know, it, it's always come down to discipline and execution um, and talent when it comes to winning games like this. And Michigan State under Coach Antonio has been able to overcome that stigma. And Michigan, obviously, is a team who has always been a team that had talent and not made mistakes and capitalized on your mistakes as a player. Um, so I think that when it comes to an in-state rival, though, the, the hits get a little harder. People, the routes get run a lot more crisp. Everything is more amplified. It's almost NFL-like speed and effort when you talk about a rivalry like Michigan and Michigan State. You know, when we look at this Saturday, it's sort of tough for me to get a read on Saturday's game. I've seen all four of the Spartan games. I've seen all four of our games. And in some ways, they're mirror images on offense. They want to run the football. They want to sprinkle in the passing game. But both teams have just imploded at times, making the mental mistakes, the penalties, and the turnovers. But the defenses for both teams have been very solid. So you look at it and sort of think, well, something doesn't change for the offenses. If one of them doesn't step up, you would think we're in for a defensive battle, wouldn't you? I definitely think it's going to be a low-scoring game. The defenses are both very good, very tough. Uh, and I think that they're going to cancel each other out. It's going to come down to the, the guy under center uh, with John O'Corn and Brian Lewerke. Uh Those two our younger players, uh, but no, um, well, Brian Lewerke is. John O'Corn just hasn't had a lot of experience at Michigan. Obviously, he was at Houston prior to, but this is his first time as a starter wearing the maize and blue. It comes down to who can control that that ball uh, and not and limit the mistakes. And when he's asked to make a big play, he makes it. Uh, whoever that quarterback is is going to be the quarterback that wins the ball game, in my opinion. Speaking of John O'Corn, I mean, he's played, as you said, before at Houston. He's um, had limited duty uh, here. This is a whole different thing. It's a Michigan State. It's a national TV game. I would think, uh, and, and the style isn't too much difference between O'Corn and Spade as far as the Spartans preparing for the type of quarterback they're playing. But I would expect them early to get after him, wouldn't you, Jason? Oh, of course. That's always the, the name of the game. Uh, no matter who you're playing, is to get after the quarterback try to mix up some pressures in order to confuse the offensive line to, to get home. Uh, because if you let a guy like John O'Corn sit back there and get comfortable, then he's going to cause you problems. As evidence against Purdue, and he came in after Spade had gone down, looked very good in uh, backup duty. And that's what you want in the backup quarterback. I, I heard uh, Coach Harbaugh speaking about him uh, being able to prepare. And there's nothing that you can do as a coach that – guarantee that the backup prepares like a starter, but he obviously was a guy who did do that. He took it seriously, even though he wasn't named the starter. And when his name was called, he comes in and he performs. So now he knows that there's, there's no secret. He will be playing in this game. And this is probably the biggest game of his career uh, that he's going to be playing on primetime in the big house. And 
He's got an angry Michigan State defense there, so if he can get beyond that mentally, because uh, there's going to be hits. That's the biggest part of that as a quarterback, to be able to stand tall in that pocket and, and take hits and deliver the ball. If he can do that, I think he have a great day. If not, it could be a long day for John O'Corn. Well, we all know whoever wins this game gets a lot of mileage out of it for uh, the entire year. It's huge for recruiting, for bragging rights. And when you have a young Spartan team like this, you've got to think it's been a great start, especially coming off of last year. This is a really big turning point game for the Spartan program, isn't it? Oh, for sure. This is a, this is a turning point. This is a turning point season, and the season really comes down to this game for Michigan State. You know, they're just not a ton of hope, uh, you know, from, from the fan base. In that locker room, they believe that they can win any game. Uh, you know, from, from looking at the numbers, you look at the youth of the team, you don't believe that this Michigan State team is going to be making a run for the Big Ten Championship, but those hundred or so guys in that locker room believe it more than anybody else can imagine. Uh, and that's really happened through this tough off season that they've had. And uh, we'll all see this Saturday at 7.30 if they can pull through and do what some people think is not able to uh, be accomplished here against a very, very tough Michigan team at home. Well, a final question for you, Jason. Uh, we don't know how this game is going to play out, of course, but we do know, as you alluded to at the top of the show, History is going to be made on Saturday. It's the first night game uh, in this series. There's been talk for the last few years it might happen. A lot of people, I think, on both sides are sort of, eh, don't know about this uh, for a lot of reasons. I think both ADs are sort of, they're not sure either, but it's going to happen. It's going to be on national TV. And as you said, what an electric atmosphere. And and I think everything's going to go well, though. I do, too. I do, too. I think there's uh, both sides administratively are concerned, and there's extra police and, and, uh, you know, obviously EMS in case there's any kind of issues and people not taking care of themselves. Uh, and there's going to be some of that in every ball game, right? But, you know, this is a rivalry game. Uh, it's in Ann Arbor. It's got a beautiful campus, beautiful setting. And, hey, you know, this is, this is a big game. So um, the people that are there, hopefully, are, are there to go and watch the game. Usually the issues come from those who are just there to tailgate. and That's all they're there to do, the youngsters, uh, that is. And uh, I, But I think that it will be held to a minimum. Uh, when this is all said and done, and this will be a tradition that starts going forward for the Michigan-Michigan State rival. Uh, you know, a lot of us older people don't like those night games, but I'm telling you, the young guys love it. It reminds them of their high school days, playing under the lights, and they just get a little bit more energy in them for some reason. When I remember my old coach, Nick Saban, used to say, I know when that sun goes down, those eyelids go up, and that's just a natural thing for those guys in that 18- to 22-year-old range. So I think you'll see maximum effort and high energy out there on Saturday night, and we'll all be able to benefit from exciting football games. I think you're right about that. And uh, we all live in Michigan, and we know how the weather changes, but I just took a peek at the forecast uh, before you and I chatted. 77 for a high on Saturday and, you know, dropping into the 50s during the game with no rain. Pretty much uh, from a player's perspective and a fan's perfect football weather. Oh, sure is. Play forever in that type of weather. It's not the, the mid or high 90s as it was a few weeks ago, and it's not freezing cold and rain uh, for the fans. Uh, but this is a perfect time of year, beautiful setting, 
and beautiful weather to go with it. Can't wait for it. My guest here in our visitors segment uh, today, this week, has been Jason Strayhorn, who's up in the booth with George Blaha each Saturday on the Spartan Sports Network. Jason, I thank you for your time, and we look forward to having you back in the future. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Take care. Quick Hits is next as we wrap up this visitors edition here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, Wilton Spade is out for who knows how long, and that was the only injury even mentioned this week at the Monday Presser. All things considered, we are in good shape heading into week five of the season. It was announced on Wednesday that sophomore defensive back Nate Johnson was no longer on the team. He was arrested last weekend on charges of allegedly assaulting another student in a dorm at the university. He was released until trial. Johnson is from Tennessee and came to Michigan as a receiver but moved over to defense this year. Here are a few game day notes. Michigan leads the series with 69 wins against 35 losses. There have been five ties. Michigan won the first meeting between these two teams, 39 to nothing, on October 12, 1898 in Ann Arbor. Last year, we won in East Lansing, 32 to 23. Mark D'Antonio is in his 11th year at MSU with a record of 90 and 42. In 14 years as a head coach, his overall record is 108-59. and 59. Last year, the Spartans were 3-9 and nine on the season. They returned two starters on offense and five on defense. D'Antonio is 7-3 and three against Michigan. Saturday's game kicks just after 7.30 p.m. and will be televised coast-to-coast coast on ABC TV. The weatherman says it will be sunny and 70 on Saturday with temperatures falling into the 50s or even 40s during the game. No rain is in the forecast, at least not right now. Next week, we're on the road to Indiana to take on the Hoosiers, first of two road trips for us. On Monday's game day show, I'll be joined by the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we will once again hear from the legendary voice of IU football and basketball, Don Fisher. So make sure you join us again next week. That will do it for another show. I'm ready for a physical, close game this Saturday against the Spartans. I hope the offense takes a step forward and, you know, lets us relax some in the fourth quarter. I hope, but unless we see something we haven't yet from either of these offenses, it should be a barn burner. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. Enjoy Under the Lights at the Big House, whether you're there, watching on TV, or listening on the radio. And we will see you right back here next week. Until then, I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls, 
at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!